Recovering Queen, the Queen fan podcast where we talk about and play the songs we love with Jay, Matt, and Ian. Welcome to Recovering Queen, the Queen podcast where we take a famous or not so famous Queen song, do a cover version of the Queen song, and then talk about what we've learnt about the methods and the madness of the greatest band of all time, Queen. My name's Ian, and with me, as ever, are Matt and Jay. And also, we've got a special guest! <laughs> we will be inserting a drum roll. <laughs> Ledra Chapman! Yeah. Welcome to the show, Ledra. Thank you for having me. I'm so starstruck right now. I've been listening to the podcast. It's good to put some uh, yeah, faces to voices. <laughs> well, Ledra, why are you on the show and what track are we talking about tonight? Why am I on this show? Um, because I love Queen and I love this podcast. I love all of the covers that you guys have been doing every week. and I love how geeky you all are about the band. Um, and we are going to be talking about the amazing tune that is... Break free. And more specifically, the fact that you've done a cover for us of I Want to Break Free. Well, I don't know if that's fair. I've done the vocal. That's my contribution. It's a strong contribution. <laughs> it is a strong contribution. <laughs> and this is pretty really good. It, <laughs> <laughs> We've done not, the live version, haven't we? We've done. I, I kind of thought I'd be great to do the Lisa Stansfield version of the song. That's what we've done. Ledra's done a, a much better mm-hmm. vocal than, than Lisa did. Oh, of course. stop it. Of course. Well, we spent quite a lot of time um, arguing over yeah, the key. Yeah, we were putting it up and down, weren't we? And and it's it's a weird thing that happens with the synth where it's not a triad of the key itself. So it keeps, it, it actually, it's a triad with the actual root note changing. It's like really annoying. So I got really confused and kept sending you <laughs> completely ridiculous <laughs> versions of it. I, I need it in F sharp and I would send you in B and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what was no, going I wrong with you, though. So those voice notes are still there, actually. They're quite funny. Maybe you should use them as, like, bonus material on the Twitter. Yeah, it was good. So uh, the reason for changing the key is because your voice is high and not in that range, or is it that the Freddie Paradox kicks in, <laughs> even if you're a very talented female singer as well? I think it, it's just about allowing your voice to have that little break. I think sometimes if something's too comfortable in a song like Break Free, which is quite, you know, it's quite a desperate vocal, you know, the lyrics and the way that Freddie delivered it, it's it kind of, it needs to push you to the edge a little bit. And if it's too comfy, you can lose that, I think. So, yeah. Actually, originally we talked about taking it even higher, didn't we? But it, it almost pushed it a bit too high then. And I sounded like a, a you know a strangled cat. <laughs> it's good though. I, I I love I love how your voice breaks on some on on some of bits of it and a bit of grit in there as well. It's, it's awesome. It was really fun doing a vocal because it's not the kind of vocal I would usually do. Usually I kind of do quite kind of folky pop vocals. So I kind of was able to get a bit of growl on sets on there and let myself go a channel bit. Channel a bit of Freddie. Yeah, I definitely tried to channel Freddie more than Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No disrespect to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> but, but did you try out the version to start with? So you, you, you did you actually do a sort of as though you were going to do it in the studio and then thought, no, actually, this is this is going to be more impactful, as you were saying. Did you actually try out a version first is what I'm asking? Yes. Yeah, we tried a few a few different versions in different keys. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I think it's... Do you know what it's actually? It's, it's so much. It's such a because this is the kind of song that you, everyone has has sung, whether you're a singer or not. 
drunk on a night out and you think this is great I can sing this really well and then when it comes to actually trying to to practice all the little bits and some of the timings on it as well it's really it's actually it's it's it, yeah it's, it's quite intricate it's quite it's quite advanced I love it it was really fun mm. it's funny that when you're singing along to uh, a track in the car um, and you're, you're singing to Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever it might be, you're thinking, I think I can do this. I really think I can do it. <laughs> and then you take away you take away Queen and you're left with yourself. It's a different matter, isn't it? There is some truth to that, though. There's that, um, I mean, this would have to be fact-checked, but I'm sure I've heard several times that the reason people say, oh, I can sing in the shower or, you know, like I can sing when I'm driving is because you're not you're not being overly conscious of it. You're just kind of, you're relaxed and you're letting yourself go. You're more likely to be able to sing in tune. And something as well, something tiny, like less than 4% of the population is actually legitimately tone deaf. Most of the time it's because people are thinking about it too much when they're trying to sing. But let's say we get onto the track. Cause well, I yeah, yeah. I just want to have, we covered everything because it is, you know, we, we want to make our, um, we want to get our money's worth while you're here. In <laughs> vocal lessons. Oh you know, <laughs> oh, Pressure. <laughs> but you know what? Well, I mean, could you, I saw the clip that Matt sent over of you singing with Ed Sheeran, for, for instance. Is that something that you could talk about? Because, we, you know, people won't know anything about you. It's a, a chance to talk a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm Ledra Chapman. I'm a singer-songwriter, predominantly kind of folk pop tunes. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've been touring through my own independent label for the past... 10 plus years and I have been lucky enough to work with and tour the likes of Ed Sheeran and Tom Jones um, but nothing quite compares to being a guest on Recovering Queen correct that's answer that's definitely a career highlight for me we don't need any more we were just going for that line thank you <laughs> I also you can also find me at the Jazz Cafe at the 10th of October performing lots of songs not Queen songs so I probably won't see any of you there <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to do I Want to Break Free <laughs> no chance that <laughs> play guitar at the Jazz You're going to joke well, suddenly out of nowhere in the middle of yeah. a folk set. It's like, and now welcome to the stage, Mr. Matthew Russell. We, we could do a folk version of it. <laughs> I, no, I, do you know what? Isn't this one of the best ever pop songs? Yes. Yeah. yes. It really is, isn't it? It's like, I, was, yeah. I just listened to the single yeah. again on, and it is the ultimate example of John Deacon being the best pop song writer ever. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it, despite the absolutely bizarre way the song is put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a weird It's like two, it? yeah. two verses, a weird bridge. Is it a chorus? Not really. And then another couple of verses and repeat to fade. I mean, what's that? That's... Yeah, a particular the weird kind of ballet section in the middle as well. Like the kind of, yeah, yeah. The sort of weird keyboardy bit. I think lyrically it's genius, isn't it? All the way through you've got that, I want to break free, but you don't want to live on your own as well. <laughs> going all well, the way through. Yeah, so, yeah. Some some trip some trivia for you. Again, may need to fact check it. Um but <laughs> it was, we don't do um, really this week. <laughs> it, apparently it was written from the male perspective of the women's liberation movement. That seems too deep for John Deacon to be attempting. <laughs> I said you'd need to fact check me, although songfacts.com is probably very legit. If it's on the internet, it must be true. <laughs> the, the great thing about the lyrics, though, is you can really apply it to so many things, can't you? You know, I want to break free from a job. I want to break free from oppression. I want to break free from, you know, um, well, anything else you might want to break free from. But it, it's, it is a sort of fairly universal idea. 
I want to break free from ennui, for example. Um, that's just <laughs> another one of my own personal favourites. But yeah, it's very universal, isn't it? So you get it's quite interesting to to see how it got incorporated and got owned by so many different types of people around the world for different reasons, yeah. from South Africa to South America, uh, for a song that when I listened to it and for the first ten years was probably listening to it thinking it's just about a relationship. So it's that levels, isn't it, that I think it's working on, which I think is why it's so universal, lyrically. Degrees of vagueness as well, we've had that as well. It's not specifically about an actual breakup where it's naming names or anything, uh, or even a a, a breakup as such. Or or a women's lip movement. Just vague enough. Or a women's lip movement. (laughs) Or an oppressive South American regime. No, it's uh, it's Well, of course, that's that's the good story, isn't it? The good story is the South American regime, isn't it? Because when they played that massive Sao Paulo gig, Freddie came out in his in his in his fake bosoms, and uh, the crowd started stoning him, throwing stones, Mm. because there it was all about escaping oppression. It was about escaping their their military leaders. And uh, they were really upset with Freddie. And Freddie was really upset apparently that no one had told him. It was, like, uh, it was like, why the hell didn't you tell me that God, that's what it meant? Got sacked PR here? agent. Yeah, I mean, that is proper balls up somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Someone got, oh, must gotcha. have got sacked for that. Yeah, I should imagine Freddie was very angry afterwards. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and really upset, apparently. But the um, here's an interesting fact for you. Every time Queen were invited to play a dictatorship or an oppressive regime, so they did it in Argentina, they did it in Budapest, and they did it in South Africa, Two years later, or thereabouts, that oppressive regime fell. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Ooh, that's a power good of one. Queen. The power of, power of Freddy. There we go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that enough? Is that enough evidence? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah happens once. That, that happens once. It, it's a coincidence. Happens twice. Don't events mm. like that tend to happen around the world at the same time, though? Things like, no, no? Because no, you I'm, could say I'm... any pop song that came out at that time was, actually, what am I doing? This is the Queen podcast. It was Queen, yes. It was Queen, yes. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yes. Blind, blind faith. <laughs> and, but what, it, what is it about the actual song itself? Because I was listening to it over and over this afternoon. I've never got bored of it. I've always loved it. And I'm thinking this is the most simple song in the world. What is it about that that makes it so, uh, you, you, whatever the word is, where you can listen to something over and over and over again and not get bored of it? It's perfect. Yeah. It is perfect, but I don't it's know. It's astonishing, I, isn't it? Yeah, I can't I, I, work just, out the, why It's the mystery how. and the joy of music, well, isn't well, it? Well, let's ask the songwriter. What is he here? <laughs> John, sorry, let's ask. Special let's, guest. Let's, and welcome to the podcast. It's John Deacon. We, we thought it was about time you came in and had some contribution, John. No, sorry. A, let's ask a songwriter. I I think it's the the the. It's one of those songs where the 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 melody has such a beautiful variation to it that every single every single melody line and and interval perfectly marries up to the to the lyric so it's just that especially that it's strange but it's true i can't get over the way you love me like you do and just the and the delivery of it it's just it, it's complete and utter prosody in, in the way that all of it match marries up and i know that lots of lots of freddie's songs lots of Queen's songs do that sorry not freddie's songs, lots of queen songs do that um, but i think it is freddie's performance definitely helps yeah. doesn't it because it's so relaxed as well isn't it it's got it's kind of got a 
a playful tone to it and he he sort of kicks in when needed mm -hmm. nothing quite repeats the same either so every single every, although it's simple mm. actually every single verse is slightly different there it's never yep. it's never yeah. there is never one section that is completely symmetrical yeah and uh, there was bits i was quite surprised didn't repeat as well like the strange, but it's true. It's like, what? That, strange, does, that true, doesn't yeah. happen Only again. happens once. That is strange, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it is true. <laughs> also, it's the life still goes on, but they, I can't get used to living without, living without you by my side. It's it's just, yeah. It's a, it's an arc, isn't it? It's a performance, a story I wonder arc. how much of it was improvised when they wrote it and recorded it, especially like those those parts that have just like that slightly less well, kind of melodic math to them. You can't imagine John doing it, though, can you? You mean as in John would bring the sort of general idea and then Freddie adds to it? I more just mean Freddie's Freddie's vocal, final vocal cut. Some of those mm. moments, I wonder how much of, of it... I wonder how much of it John Deacon wrote is like a bit more symmetrical and simple and then when and giving it to Freddie and Freddie's kind of run with it and especially some of those little parts, especially mm. that, can't get used to living without, living without, living without you. It's just, yeah. it, it sounds really... It just sounds really improvised, doesn't it? According to Mac, this is the area where Freddie really is coming in and pretty much always doing his vocal take in one <laughs> vocal take. So he, he sort of just comes in the studio. Yeah, we're doing I Want to Break Free and then just rap, rattles it out and then off to the nightclub again. I channeled that, just going to dibs that. I channeled, it, channeled the old one take. Still going to yeah, nightclubs. That, that is very Excellent. impressive. Although I, I have, I have to be, I have to be honest. I did did two because the ending was really hard. <laughs> I had to be dropped in for the but end. Apart from that, it was one. Time. I had to be, I had to be dropped in for the end. <laughs> but still, that is most impressive. I, I mean, I guess I wonder how much Freddie practiced it. I, I guess he probably practices at home and stuff like that. I don't know. It's really hard to tell, isn't it? No. Well, he was always very supportive of John's work, wasn't he? So it, there might have been quite a bit of effort into it. So you do get those living without, living without you bits. But it's mm. it's from an idea that John brought in and then Freddie has worked and worked it with John. A bit like, you know, Another One Bites the Dust and um, I was, you know, was going to say, others. Another One Bites the Dust is the other example, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's a totally yeah. improv vocal, Another One Bites the Dust. It's so ludicrous as a singing. I mean, that really is a... If, if we want to, like another one bites the dust as a vocal performance is is ridiculous and it, and it's similar on this isn't it it's a, it's it is I, I yeah. think you're right Ledger I think it is like a lot of improv mm. improv but arranged following that I would say so you, you you play around with it for a long time until you find the performance and then you do the performance I I cool. would guess yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah. I don't know yeah and that's how they did it. <laughs> no, it's just all conjecture we, we've deconstructed there's a, there's a phrase isn't it for going backwards I like, reverse I like, engineering I, is it I like what you did there deconstructed you've nice. done it again <laughs> nice. call back picks out episode. all my best jokes from the mess and <laughs> <laughs> the unintention another bit that I really like is the uh, I've fallen in love where you've got the kind of the forced harmony there and you don't know which is the, either the top line or the bottom line yeah and when they did it live the crowd would sing the harmony as well. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Mm. yeah oh, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet I imagine that live. That there. Yeah, what an amazing. Well, good idea. I wonder if that was deliberate because they often liked doing yeah, things, know. didn't they? That bring, that brought the crowd in. But the yeah, yeah I didn't know either because I, I when I, I recorded it, I wasn't sure which was which. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think that's the beauty of it. I guess it just because second time around. You might go for the higher note second, you know, on the second, on the first I've fallen in love on the second verse. Um, 
but he's, they sing the original melody as well. So it's it's just a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I want to talk about the best bit about the whole song, which is a universal fact, is that all men fancy Roger Taylor in the video. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I think he's, I think he's very like, fetching. He's, I think he's pretty. It, it's shock, he's shockingly <laughs> attractive. I think we said it on a previous podcast that we've all felt a little bit conflicted on that video, haven't we? It's like, who's, who's the attractive woman in the kitchen? Ah, it's yeah, Roger. Roger. But actually, yeah. actually he looks all right. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching it as a, however old I'd have been, 13, I guess. And I didn't know that it was, uh, I didn't know it was Roger. I don't mind admitting that for a while. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was thinking that that's really weird. How, where's Roger? Yeah. Oh, wow. And Freddie's still with his tash. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I love the bit where... Right at the beginning, where it goes, Diddly, is where Freddie sort of comes into the room and sort of <laughs> pushes himself, and it's so good. <laughs> well, apparently, it's parodying Coronation, Coronation Street. Coronation Street, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Brian is Hilda yeah. Ogden, isn't he? And and Freddie I didn't know is that. Ben, See, yeah. in, in my research Lynch, yeah. for the for the episode, um, I found that, and it was also it was banned. It was banned by M- by MTV. Yeah, because they, they just didn't get it. And, uh, like the Americans, they didn't get the uh, Coronation Street reference, which was Roger's idea, apparently, the, that bit. But why doesn't everyone right. talk about the, 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 the really crazy bit, which is the Nijinsky ballet in the ballet in the cupboard? <laughs> it's like, that's the crazy bit. Freddie Freddy all over that, isn't it? You always had a penchant to try the ballet with various degrees yeah. of success. Maybe that's for another podcast. Um, but uh, I imagine they indulged him with pleasure, as as Brian would say. Did, did you look into that any further, Matt, about the Nijinsky and the Debussy uh, references? N- no, not not really. I know it, it's a. Uh, what's the name of the What's the name of the piece that it is? Because it is a Nijinsky written for it's Nijinsky, some, wasn't it's, it? Well, it's a Debussy original, something of the Fawn. That's it, the Fawn. Yeah, yeah La Pré yeah. Midi right, Don yeah. Fawn, if I've said that correctly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said what, that, I said that and then immediately Essex cackles. Love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the chat. Yeah. I. Oh, yeah, there we go. La Pré Midi de Fawn. Oh, we say that. Mm. Yeah, for the benefits of the listeners, uh, Ledra has just put the uh, the title of the ballet in the chat window, which we're all now reading. We'll we'll try and tweet that at the same time, so you can all join in as well. Yeah, uh, but it is a good video, though, isn't it? I mean, it's it's one of the better mm. ones, one of the better kind of queen ones. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the only th- yeah. the only thing I thought was slightly disappointing about, and it's not really di- a disappointment because it is, you know, the eighties was a time of. It was a bit barren, wasn't it? Mid eighties. I don't know if you remember, but it a lot of unemployment, Cold War, nuclear threats, starving children in Africa. It was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great. It's not you know, wasn't the best. And so it was a bit of a ray of sunshine. I think these these kind of videos when they came out, and, and I certainly took it like I, I loved it. Um, I just wondered whether they could have done a little bit more with the characters because you know in the actual scene they don't really do anything. I mean. The great reveal of Freddie is fantastic, and then, and then what do they do? They just sort of like walk around in the same space. Yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think I think in this in this day and age, they would probably 
had maybe some adventures or done done something more. I think they thought, well, what more do you want? Yeah, We're sitting yeah. here in, you know, just as women. That's enough. Yeah. And and I think it was enough. Yeah, then. it's a good point. Um, but I would have liked to have seen some 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 expo- uh, you know, extension. Yeah. To now that. now there'd be fun. a little mini a mini short story, wouldn't there? In the what is it? Three minutes, ten seconds it takes to to do the song. Kids yeah, these days with yeah, their short exactly. attention spans. <laughs> so so Freddie didn't shave for the coronation street bit when he's a woman but he did shave for the ballet bit uh, did he okay if there's something a little bit awkward about it isn't there it's yeah. like he's not because he's not a ballet dancer you realize just how hard it is to be a ballet dancer yep. and be graceful and strong at the same well, he, time he, he, oh, he, he rolls over all those people with with such grace doesn't he on the floor and he's so rolling <laughs> yeah it's just not quite right and you think yeah if he was a ballet dancer he'd get the sack was this at the same time as he because he did do he he, he he danced with the Royal Ballet at yeah, uh, yeah. Covent Garden. And I think they did Bohemian Rhapsody when he was mm. manhandled around by all these dancers. And you can clearly see that uh, he's not a ballet dancer in it. So I wonder if that was mm. around the same time as this and it all married up into I, one big I think, project. Yeah, I think it was uh, Yeah, I think it was afterwards that he got... Because I think, I think one of his boyfriends was one of the dancers in the Royal Ballet. Uh-huh. And he sort of struck up a relationship with... And so that's but it's, how it it's all an comes interesting about, juxtaposition, yeah, though, isn't it? It's a bit Shirley Valentine, you know, the sort of humdrum of, of, of Coronation Street, and it's all a bit like boring, and then sort of fantasizing about this other world that that I'd like to break free to. You know, it, it's it is an interesting mm. idea in yeah. itself. So then, I don't want to be too unfair because it is fantastic. And then back to that's and nice life still video. goes on mm. for the final verse. Beautiful, really. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about your version, well, uh, the, doing the live version. So it was an instant favourite live as soon as it was uh, released on the Works Tour, played um, on the Works Tour, then extensively through Kind of Magic until the final show at Nebworth in a total um, total of 70 plays. But obviously, had they gone on, that would have, I think, stayed in the set for like ever because the live version, they, when they really rock it up, it's it's absolutely tremendous. So um, it's, on, on your version, Matt, how did you go about, because you've got a really genuine live sound. What, what, yeah. what studio trickery have you used? <laughs> well, it's actually a Cut mix. And paste. I, I, I can't take the whole credit here because I, I did try hard to get the good, the proper keyboard sound. So I actually went down like quite a rabbit hole getting the, because that was actually quite hard to get like a kind of, it's it's not quite like a Rhodes. It, it's got like another synth on top, so it's quite hard to get that. And then obviously the the Brian make I I did do it like Ledra. I did it in a kind of one take guitar part to make it. You know, it, I didn't double track the guitars like I normally do. So it was a one take guitar part. Obviously, I did the solo a couple of times to get it right because <laughs> it's actually quite hard. And then um uh, and then I just found a, a concert and just nicked the audience and stuck it underneath. Then Ledra took it away to her studio. What's the name of the studio you did it at, Ledra? Um, First Cut Music um, Studio in St Andrews. Uh, But the bit I wasn't expecting was, I was expecting just to get a stem of Ledra's vocal back, but the uh, the studio guy, what's his name? Dan Gatro. He has to get a shout out, because, yeah, he just mixed Ledra's vocal on top of the, the kind of backing track I'd done and then kind of made it sound really awesomely live. Yeah. So I can't take full credit for that bit of production. So it's oh, it's amazing. Okay. Yeah, he, he was, he was a legend overall because I actually had I had a taste of, of Mike Heroin a few months ago 
in the in the mic that I used in his his studio when we've been co-writing some stuff. And I messaged him and she said, like, oh, what is that mic? Thinking I might be able to might be able to grab it. <laughs> it's, like, it's a Telefunken T five one, which is like a ten grand mic. I was like, right, well that's it. I'm done. I'm never going to like my vocal on anything I do at home ever again. And so when I said to him, would you mic? Could I come in on our next session and, and use the use the mic heroine for my Queen cover? He was he was like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> so thanks, Dan. Yeah, I mean, ten a ten thousand pound mic. Is, is that the reason why you sound good? Yeah, genuinely, that's it. Would I sound that good if I had if I had that microphone? Yes, Matt, get that mic. I need that mic for us. For us, just, sell the house. I suppose it must be different for every vocalist, though. It's one of those things, isn't it? But yeah, there's something about it. Just God, it's amazing. It's also going through an amazing compressor. But yeah, it's just um, oh, it's lovely. It's a joy to sing into. Yeah, well, mm. Paul Rogers, of course, who sung, who has sung "I Want to Break Free" with Queen, when in Queen and Paul Rogers, he famously uses an SM58 in the studio. Does in the he? studio, yeah, wow. one of the world's most famous singers has always used an SM58 in the studio. It's just because it's a show. mic. Yeah, that's yeah. what you kept telling me. Anyway, it is a it is a very good mic, but yeah. a good it is live kind of, mic. Yeah, it's a very good live mic. But I guess it really suits his voice. I mean, let's face it, Paul Rogers sounds pretty wicked on mm. a lot of on a lot of albums. Yeah, he does indeed. Yeah. Well, he did a great job there. I mean, I absolutely love the track. I, I I played it quite a few times in a row when I when 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 uh, Matt sent it over. Between you, it's lovely to hear the uh, the genesis of, of of how you did it because it's it's funny how things work out and you're sort of all adding to what's come before or, or the ideas and then it comes back. Uh, yeah, absolutely love it. I I, I yeah. I'd much prefer it than Lisa Sansfield version. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's got a real energy to it. It's got a bridge. It sounds yeah. like it was played at a massive gig. Really does. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, when was that gig? Even now I'm thinking, when was that gig again? It's like, it's, no, it's not real, Jay. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the one thing that I really enjoyed was what I love about the, the single is that John Deacon was determined that Brian May wasn't going to get a guitar solo on one of his singles. So he got <laughs> Fred Mandel to play the keyboard solo. But the funny thing about it is it's clearly a piss take of Brian May's guitar style as well. It's clearly a keyboard style, a keyboard solo done in the style of Brian May's guitar playing. But then when Brian May plays it live, it is absolutely ace, isn't it? As a guitar mm. solo. Yeah. It's oh, it's so a great, good. great solo. And I kind of tried to channel a little bit. I tried to channel a little bit of the keyboard solo back in when I did it. I that wonder if he on, feels so you like... did it on your guitar. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it on guitar, yeah. I was just gonna say, I wonder if he how he feels when he plays that when he when he plays it live. No. If he knows when he if he knows Annoyed. that the, the part was written as a bit of a diss to him. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bit <laughs> weird, but but I kind of think he gets the last laugh there because he because he does it so awesomely. It's like, yeah, see, John, this is what you could have had if you'd asked me to do it. Mm. But I actually think it's a really clever way of writing a guitar solo is to get a keyboard player to play the solo and then you try and work it out and play it back. It's a really clever... Mm. Well, it comes up with something completely new, doesn't it? And it is a... I think it's got to be a, a, a good live moment, particularly on Latter Queen live shows. That solo is definitely a highlight. Yeah. And, for me, anyway. and, and Brian uh, blueses it up a little bit, doesn't he, in the in the solo? So it's a little bit more rock and roll. And the rest of his playing on it live is ace. 
Yeah, I, I actually really like the live version of I Want to Break yeah. Free. I think like John John Deacon's bass playing's on it. The only bit I hate, I hate it, and I and I avoided doing it on this cover is at the beginning where Roger just plays the hi hat and the uh, sorry the ride cymbal and the snare. It's just ding ding oh, ding yeah, ding yeah. ding Kathy. It's like what are you doing? Yeah. It's horrible. Uh, there's, there's, there's definitely a, um, a, a mini podcast in Roger Taylor and his ride cymbal use. There's something. Definitely very strange when it comes to a Roger and a ride symbol. Anyway, that's to be discussed in a future episode. I, I really love the uh, start on, you know, when the, the keyboards start up and it, mm. it sounds almost like church-like, but it's not, it's a bit um, trendier. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you church. what. It's this really lovely sound though. It's got a really yeah, lovely quality is. to it. It reminds me. Of, it reminds me of a shepherd tone. You know that thing where it continually is going up. Oh yeah. Like Brian May does at the beginning of Day at the Races, where because it's like this chord progression that keeps playing the same chord, but it seems to be going up all the time. Mm, yeah. I actually found it quite hard to work out what that was. I eventually, I think, got it, but it was like, how does that? How does that do it again? <laughs> but yeah, I, I got there eventually. But yeah, but it, that's what it reminds me of. It rem- I think there is a, a, a slight callback to that shepherd tone at the beginning of Day at the Races. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very mm. interesting. Well, it just leaves one more thing for us to uh, to do this evening, and oh. that is the scores on the doors. So, starting with tonight, Jay, what would you like to score? John Deacon's classic, I Want to Break Free, off of the works. <sighs> Well, it's it's a clear ten. I mean, it's it is a it's iconic and it's classic, and I would say it's probably the last time that Queen produced a ten. Um, yeah, eight nine eight four. I've I've been through the rest of the tracks, and I think there's a lot of nines there, but for me, this is an absolute gem. Ten. Mm. Whoa. That is a big score. I'm going to give it a nine because it is pop, classic sensation, but there are other songs in the Queen catalogue that need to be differentiated above I Want to Break Free. But still, nine in the whole of the Queen catalogue. That's a big score. I love the track. It's an absolute pop genius. Matthew, what would you Ooh. like to award? I, I'm going to go with 10 purely because of the universal, the universal lyric. It's like literally, if, if you've got a worldwide smash that's a number one pretty much all around the world except North America because of the funny misunderstanding with the video, like it's, 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 it's just too good. You've got to give it a 10 because it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just a song that lands. It's just a song that lands. And I love John Deacon and, and I love the vocal performance and I love the live version and I love Ledra's version. Yeah. So I have 10. It's a that's 10. A 10. Yeah. And if you've got a heart in your chest, Ian... You know. <laughs> You'll think about changing your <laughs> And Ledra, last but not Ledra, least, Ledra, what would you yeah. like to award? The, oh my god, uh, do I get a, do yeah, I get to vote? Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 have to we have to do some funny maths. Oh my gosh. We okay, yeah. well I'm I'm not sure if this is gonna make me popular or not, but I actually agree with Ian, I'd go with nine. Nice. <laughs> We're talking nine in, in Queen. Yeah, nine is the last I mean it's still very it's high. Still very good. Yeah. I'm still sorry, I just need to deal with the starstruckness yeah. that I'm actually getting to vote. Hang on, right. Nine. Okay. <laughs> Nine, yeah, nine. nine, because, and I think because if you're looking at songs like Under Pressure and if Under Pressure's a ten, yeah, I, 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 I know where I know where you and Ian are coming from because Under Pressure does mm. feel like it's better than this, but, but I think that that's the weirdness about having a serious song it always feels like it should score higher, but why? A pop song's just. I just think you guys are getting to too soft. You're just voting so high every week these days. <laughs> 
Oh, what have you have you heard Obviously the head? Hasn't listened to episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've been voting that highly. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay's suffered weeks and weeks of abuse for his his score of drows. If he hadn't uh, if he hadn't turned in, um, <laughs> you take my breath away. He might have been you know voted off by the audience. Oh dear, Ooh, is yeah. that possible? Oh, no. I don't know. That's giving that a whole, whole new angle. <laughs> do, do you know that's that that makes the scores twenty eight point five? That's a very high score for, for I want to break free. That's a very high score. I want to break it's free is going to be up at the top there at the end. And when when the scores are all done, I want to break free is going to be I, I, riding I was, high. How is that, Jay? Because I've normalised oh, the scores. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's there's four of us, so we have to make yeah, it three yeah, quarters yeah. of. Yeah. I can't believe I get a little vote. I feel I feel so honoured. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you've permanently affected the scores of the. It's going to be on my gravestone. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been twenty nine, but you brought it down point five. <laughs> yeah, that was your contribution. Oh, great. Your contribution. <laughs> Love it. It's to slightly Apologies. piss off John Deacon, who's listening at home going, ah, oh, I think it deserved better than that. Yeah. <laughs> All of his John achievements, he's just going to be like, Ledra Chapman marked me a nine out of ten. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard he's a big fan of Ledra Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he actually comes incognito to your gigs. Ah, <sighs> oh, if only. And why wouldn't he be with a cover version like this? So here it is. <laughs> Matt's version of I Want to Break Free, featuring Ledra Chapman. On vocals. <laughs> <laughs> 